Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome one, welcome all into another FizzCast, or should we call it a DraftCast. It is Jaron May here with John Eads, and we are breaking down the 2021 NFL Draft. Round one is in the books, round two and three coming up tonight. No Syracuse players taken in that first round. However, we have the projections for where they could go today. Welcome, everyone. John, uh, you watched the first round yesterday. I'm going to ask you, plain and simple, best take best pick of that first round best pick of the first round well boy I'm gonna sound like a homer but I'm a Lions fan at heart and I think Penny Sewell dropping to pick seven into the lap of the Detroit Lions was the steal of the draft and it's not a sexy pick for the organization but it's a surefire hall of famer as some people have said around the league not in the Lions clubhouse and I think that's gonna be the Lions left tackle for the next 10 years at least I don't. I don't even think you're like. I could say that that's a sexy pick. I, Panay Sewell was supposed to go top five, and if you can grab him at seven, he was you know rumored to even go higher than that before the whole quarterback explosion of this draft class. But yeah, so if you can get Sewell at seven, that's a great pick. The thing that really stands out for me is Justin Fields with the Bears trading up to eleven to be able to grab their next future uh, quarterback for probably you know a, a good amount of years they're gonna hope that he is a program quarterback uh I like that move I I like how they had to trade up even though they gave up a little bit on the back end um I think that's completely worth it so now you have best pick of the first rounds Eads I'm gonna ask you biggest surprise of that first round last night biggest surprise would probably be Alex Leatherwood going to the Raiders at pick 17, Jaron. I think that's a little bit too high. I I, I think the Raiders did need an offensive lineman, of course, but I don't know if you needed to take Leatherwood right there. The guy doesn't have a super high grade for a first-rounder. He came in at 80 on ESPN.com. Position rank number two, which is fair, but I don't think you needed to reach and take him at that spot. What do you think? Yeah, I I also scratched my head on that one. I also scratched my head on uh, Jamin Davis, the Kentucky linebacker that went to the Washington football team at pick 19. Uh, Two ones that you kind of just say, wow, did not expect that, but they also could pan out. This actually, and going back to your Raiders point, it seems like the Raiders do this every single year. They stretch for their first round pick where a lot of people were saying if you wanted Alex Leatherwood you could have got him in the third round but they always just reach for that first round pick and everyone's confused sometimes it pans out but most of the time it doesn't and it just you know it's a little confusing John Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the second year in a row where the Raiders have made a pick where it's left fans like confused you know like with a first round pick you like to be excited and confident in what the future could be with that player. But Alex Leatherwood at 17 could be good or it could be bad, and you just hate that as an NFL fan. Right. Now, looking up and down the line, the 1-2 was 
pretty much set. It was Trevor Lawrence going to the Jaguars, Zach Wilson going to the Jets. And then three was a little shakeup. Some people had Mac Jones going to the San Francisco 49ers, yet it was Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Kyle Pitts at four going to the Falcons. And Jamar Chase, they did not protect their quarterback, the Bengals, that is. They actually took a wide receiver to team up with his former teammate Joe Burrow instead of protecting Burrow, which I thought it should have been Panay Sewell, but it wasn't. Um, So there you go. There is your top five. And, John, before we head into the Syracuse portion of this, because we are a Syracuse podcast and we probably should be talking about the Orange, let me just get which team you thought won that first round. Which team were you most impressed with? Hmm. Let me think. Let's see. I thought the Jets did pretty well, especially trading up to get Elijah Vera Tucker. He could have gone pretty early, but they would not be my winner, Jaron. I think my winner would be... I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Really? I'm going to go with the Dolphins. You take Jalen Waddell at six. I like that, teaming back up with Tua. And then you get him... Uh, not some protection. You go to the other side of the ball, you get yourself a nice pass rusher there in Jalen Phillips, who has injury problems, yes, but I think he's the best pure edge rusher in this draft class because he has the athleticism and he has the moves. Obviously, you talked about the injury history. Got to keep an eye on that. Hopefully, he could stay uh, out of the out of the hospital, you know, out of the injury bug, but he's got some nice moves. He's got some good athleticism. I, I like those two picks for the Miami Dolphins. How about you? So I'm going to go back to what you said earlier. I like the Jets. The, listen, going into this draft, what were what was New York's biggest two question marks? It was quarterback, they got it in Zach Wilson. And then you think their offensive line hasn't been able to protect a quarterback in years. And they need some help there, but they don't draft until the, the 20s in the still the first round. They have two picks. But instead, they move up to get Elijah Vera Tucker, who I think is could produce to be the best guard in this draft. And I don't think that's much of a you know hot take to say that. But you get him to protect your quarterback and you have your quarterback of the future. I think that's a great first round. And the Jets still have a massive amount of picks in this draft, which as you know, a Patriots fan, it kind of hurts me to say that and to pick them. But New York did really, really well in the first round, and they still have some more picks coming up in rounds two and three tonight. Uh, I also want to shout out at least the, the Ravens did pretty well. They had 27 and 31, so they were late in it. But even at those numbers, they got some really good talent. It was Rashad Bateman, the Minnesota wide receiver, also Jason Owe uh, from Penn State the linebacker so there you go that is the first round again rounds two and three coming up this night tonight Uh, and that is probably where some Syracuse players are going to be drafted let's start with I personally think the person that is going to get drafted first, and that is Ify Melifonwu. Uh, Melifonwu was rumored to maybe go first round, maybe to the Bills at 30, maybe to the Ravens at 31, but instead he drops out of the first round, probably will be a round two pick. Where do you think is a best fit for him coming up tonight? Huh, best fit for Ify Melifonwu. That's a great question. Well, I think he could be the first one taken off as well, Jaron. He's the fourth best corner on the board right now behind Asante Samuel, Tyson Campbell, and Elijah Molden. But I think he could fit into really anywhere. 
I know that's kind of a bad answer, but he's a physical corner. He's a big guy. Wherever a team needs a need at cornerback and they need someone to come in and play immediately instead of coming in and kind of learning the system and taking a year to develop, he could fit in at anywhere. So I don't really have a specific team in mind for where he could go today. Um, but what do you think? Do you have a specific one in mind? Yeah, there's a couple. So the Bills uh, were rumored to take him in the first round. I still like that. I think that's a good fit. The Bills do need a, a big, strong, you know, cornerback. And the thing with Iffy is you don't see his size for a cornerback. And we had P.J. Clark of the Boomer Bust, the podcast show, or rather the draft show, uh, come on to Fizz Radio a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about, if you want to go check it out, it's on our SoundCloud, at Orange Fizz. But he was talking about how if his size sets him apart from any other quarterback, so even though he might be four on ESPN's big board or whatever big board you're looking at, he might not be the best option right now. A lot of GMs will look and take into account that size, and you just don't see that every day. You don't see that in this draft. There are no other guys left or the guys that already got taken at the cornerback position that match up size-wise with Ify Melifonwu. So that's why I think the Bills, um, they don't draft until 29 in round two, which would be 61 overall. They could be a a landing spot for Ify. I also think the Jets need a quarterback. Now, I think they need a little more than just a quarterback, and I don't think that's their next need. I think they probably go running back next, and you would probably look down to UNC for that. Um, there's a couple other teams that might be in the running. Maybe the Cardinals, they, they've they kind of lost some of their cornerbacks uh, as of recent. The Falcons are in the market for a CB, and there is one team, and I'll, I'll kind of leave it as a teaser till we get to Cisco. There is one team that could draft either Syracuse guy, uh, and we'll we'll kind of touch on that in a little bit. But again, uh, John Eads, Jaron May here, FizzCast, DraftCast, SU, in the NFL draft for 2021. John, we talk about Iffy. What do you think is his most marketable trait other than his size? I think it's his his smarts, Jaron. He's played in a couple different systems at Syracuse. He played in the the 4-2-5 previously and then the 3-3-5 last season. He got to learn a couple different base systems, the cover three, the cover two. I think he could fit into anything. He could play very good man-to-man, of course, with that size. So I think just, you know, he's got it uh, on the field. He's also got it in the classroom as well. So I'm going to go with the smarts for Ify Melifonwu. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. I think that's a pretty good take right there. So if he, you know, could go anywhere in this, there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. When you look up and down this draft board, at least for round two, I don't think he slides around. Let me get your take on that. Does he slide to round three or is he a round two guy? I think if he's a late round two or round three, really what it depends on is what team is where and what do they need or is right are the guys that are higher up on their board already gone, so then they kind of just dip down into the bucket. But I think if he's in the top five or for a couple teams today, depending on where they pick. So I think it could be late round two or super early round three. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, all right, so I think he's round two definite. I, I just – and this is – it's not a definite because every single time there's a draft and 
John, I'm sure you share the same sentiment and everyone that's listening probably shares the same sentiment. You always say, hey, the logical choice here is blank. However, you have teams like the Raiders that just don't follow logic and they just want to draft whoever they draft. And maybe, hey, maybe they're smarter. Maybe they that's why they get paid uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars to be a GM for uh, an NFL team. And I am just on uh, a fizz cast. So who knows? However, it seems like a lot of teams need a quarterback, a, a cornerback. And if they do need that, then if he is at least on my, in my opinion, probably number two left on the board in that position. I Let's, agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Let's switch over to the other side for the probably Syracuse side. I, I don't. We're not even going to talk about Trill yet. He'll probably come up in our Fizzcast. We're going to do these every single day, so make sure you tune in every day. However, Trill's probably later. He's probably a day three pick. Cisco is probably a day two pick. I think he goes either round two or three. The one thing with him is safeties aren't as marketable. When you think, hey, I need some help in the defensive back department, you usually go cornerback because they can be adaptable and maybe you can slide them back to safety. Safeties are very difficult in, you know, press man-to-man coverage. And Andre Sisco specifically is not great in that category. So he's a pure safety. That's all he is. And that is a little more difficult to find a team that just needs a safety Anybody on the board today in either round two or three, John, that stands out to you that could be a good landing place for Andre Sisco? First team that comes to mind, Jaron, is Dallas. They need help in the secondary just in in general, right? So they have a round two pick today, the 12th one inside the round two, and then they're going to have a round three pick pretty early on. So I think that three pick is where Andre Sisco could go to Dallas. Yeah, I... That's exactly. So that's what I kind of teased earlier. The Cowboys could be in the market for either Iffy or Andre because they just need secondary help, period, right? So I think you're right. I think Dallas probably chooses one of those guys. Does it, Do they take their second-round pick or their third-round pick? Time will tell. And honestly, I don't think that it's that big of a deal for, I know, numbers for prices and, and contracts gets changed depending on what round you get drafted. However, if either guy goes to the Cowboys, they're ending up in a pretty good situation because the Cowboys, if Dak Prescott is healthy, have arguably a, a top five, maybe, offense in the league. Um, and then you also have a defense that needs some help, but they're starting to address that this draft. So you like the Cowboys. Any other places that stand out for you? Because I also have a couple teams in my mind. Yeah, I'll throw out one more, and it's the Lions again. I would absolutely just love this pick. So the Lions have a pretty early pick in the second, but also in the third. A couple spots before Dallas, so they could use that round three pick. It's the eighth one inside the round three. So maybe the Lions spend that one on a safety like Andre Sisco if he's still there. And if he does go to Detroit, I mean, I absolutely love it. Because like you said, he's a pure safety. He's a do-it-all safety, and the guy's a playmaker. The Lions need that. Yeah, I I agree. Uh Two teams that stick out to me, kind of three, but uh, I'll get this out of the way. The Jaguars need a safety. I don't think they go Cisco. However, because unfortunately, there's just a better safety still on the board. It's Trayvon Morig. That we should get that out of the way. Cisco's mm-hmm. not going to be the first safety off the board if a safety gets taken. So, currently, there has not been a safety drafted in this draft yet. 
However, when one does, if it's not Trayvon Morig, I'm going to be extremely surprised. And maybe it's Cisco, and I'll be happily surprised, but I just really don't think he's going to be the first safety taken off the board. So out, we, we got that out there. The Jaguars will probably take Mo Rig with 33. That's going to be the first pick of this, sec, of this day two. Um, two other teams that kind of stand out to me, the Eagles, they have 37. Uh, it might be a little high to draft Cisco. I don't think he needs to go that high. I think they could probably wait until the third round where they have pick 70. The Eagles do need some more secondary help. And then also the Colts. I kind of like this fit because the Colts just defense overall need some help. Uh, yes, they need some help offensively in the wide receiver and offensive line department. However, your secondary is is pretty weak in Indianapolis. So they got pick 54 if you want a specific number. Also in the third rounds, uh, let's see, they actually don't have a, a round three pick. So if the Colts are your destination, you only have one chance for that. So... Those are my two uh, biggest marketable, you know, traits for Andre Cisco uh, for you, John. Biggest traits for him are his size again, and that kind of helps him in run support. So he can come up. He's not afraid to make some tackles, and he could do that for you. I mean, you see some safeties, especially free or strong safeties, are kind of undersized, so they can't really lay the wood in the box, but Andre Cisco can step up and do that for you. And don't forget, too, he also played Rover here at Syracuse for a couple games this past season, so he understands a little bit of what being a linebacker is. So maybe his versatility is marketable, and you can play him there, and you can rush the passer. He can cover guys one-on-one. -on -one. So I think his versatility and then his size and ability uh, to come up and help and run support are the two biggest things for him. And, of course, the playmaking ability. But I don't want to steal all the traits, Jerem. What do you got? Yeah, no, I was going to say playmaking. He's just a ball hawk, and it, it wherever he is, it seems like he's always near the ball. Even if he's covering a man way off, like, down the other sideline, somehow he always makes his way over to the ball, uh, and that's what Andre Sisco is. Now, sometimes he plays a little loose and can jump the gun a little bit and can try to be a little too aggressive. However, you... You trade that off if this guy is going to give you four to five picks a season because that's the, the type of player that Andre Sisco can be. Now, I'm curious, and I I mean, I'm not an NFL GM, so and we don't get the injury reports, so we don't specifically know. However, I'm curious if Sisco's stock has been impacted a little bit because he's coming off that ACL injury. Yeah, it's a good question, and he didn't run a 40 time at his pro day or do any of that kind of stuff. All he did was bench, but he put a video out on Twitter the other day of him doing some ladder work, um, yep. and he looked pretty fluent doing that. So obviously there's questions every year with guys that had injuries and stuff and guys that opted out. So perhaps that dented his draft stock a little bit, but I, I still think day two pick was kind of where he was projected coming into this season. I think that's where he's going to be taken today. Cool. There we go. That's your draft cast on FizzCast. I don't really know what to call these. However, we're going to do them after every single round, so make sure you tune in. This was round one, round two and three coming up tonight. It starts at 7 o'clock. Watch it wherever you really want. Make sure you check out our coverage on our Twitter page, at OrangeFizz. And if any Syracuse players get drafted, make sure you, of course, go read our articles and listen to our FizzCast's articles, orangefizz.net, our, our SoundCloud for all of our audio is Orange Fizz on SoundCloud. There you go. John Eads, last couple thoughts. You got anything for me, or should we wrap this up? 
Yeah, I got something for you. I'm hoping this round does not last until midnight, Jaren, so we can all get to bed <laughs> and get some sleep, man. That is a really good point, Eads. The, the first round specifically, they love to drag out. And it's like the whole did you so you were watching last night the whole walkway that was about a hundred yards that <laughs> yeah. that that Commissioner Goodell had to walk out every single time. Then he had to talk to the guy in the recliner or the woman in the recliner, right. and it would just be the longest process. And I thought to myself, that makes sense if they're going to sell ads, but they weren't selling ads during that time. Mm-hmm. So why are you stretching this? for so long i just don't understand it because by the end of it when they would take that wide shot and show everyone in the crowd the crowd was gone the only people that were still there that were 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 the people in those little pods that they had like separated off by team so uh, it's weird It, it was unbelievably long today there's two rounds so hopefully we get a shorter you know more condensed pick I don't know why you need 10 minutes, a full 10 minutes, to figure out, hey, I'm going to draft Trevor Lawrence at, at, with the first overall pick. That was also something that always gets me upset. You know who you're going to draft number one. The Jaguars didn't need to think about that. Why did they take all 10 minutes? I think it's because they like to sit and wait and entertain any possible trade offer. You know, <laughs> any kind of crazy thing that might come up last minute. Uh, I was. Eads, I'm telling. I, I let me give you a hypothetical. I will give you anyone in the NFL right now for that number one overall pick. Are you taking that, or are you taking Trevor Lawrence? If it's Aaron Rodgers, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. Horrible (laughs) take. Horrible take. There's only one guy that I would have actually listened to you, and that was Patrick Mahomes. I would never listen to Aaron Rodgers for the number one overall because Rodgers is done in a couple years. Yes, he is a Hall of Famer. Yes, he could... Uh, he would probably... He would get you to the playoffs. I don't know if he would, you know, actually bring you to a Super Bowl... But Trevor Lawrence is your future, so I don't know why you would listen to any offers and take all 10 minutes. Wow, we got sidetracked. We got sidetracked. All right. Wow, we were wrapping up things, and we're going to do that now. Thanks so much for tuning in. Draftcast number one done. Tune in tomorrow morning for Draftcast number two. And go Syracuse in tonight's round two and round three. We'll catch you next time.